This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. All right, let's get ready for this message. Pick a fight. Let's open to 1 Peter. Most of you will know this verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. Father, before I read your word, I ask you tonight that you will give me clarity. And Lord, I have confidence that this is from you. And Lord, now let me competently share what you put in my heart. Father, I thank you. My confidence is in Christ. And I believe you gave this to us for tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. First Peter chapter five, verse number eight says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Now I've heard people say he only roars, but look at the rest of this, looking for someone to devour. He's doing more than roaring. He's looking for someone to devour. Is there anybody in here who's ever had a close encounter with a lion? Can I see your hands? A few of you. A close encounter. How many of you had a close encounter with a lion that I helped you have? Anybody? Yeah, all right, a few of you. Okay. Amen. Well, now I'm not referring to a photo op from, you know, uh, behind a wall across a moat. I'm talking about Knowing what it's like to stare a lion down in the eyes up close. I remember the first time I I went to pick out some lions to come for our illustrated sermons here. I I looked at the lionesses and and honestly the 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 male lion was much much less intimidating. Those lions, their heads were like that and their claws were I mean, I, I they looked at me like like I was the full course meal. I, they were looking, they weren't looking at Michael beside me. He was only about, you know, fourth my size. They were looking at me going, you can't, you can't run. I thought, I don't want them. I want you to find me something more cuddly. That massive mane of that male lion. I, I don't know why, but I, I want to introduce you tonight to, to a, a lion. Uh, many of you've met him before here, and then I'm going to explain this to you. Well, I'm going to explain to you why he's so very upset. You'll recognize a few of the people involved in this, but I, I just want you to turn your attention to the screen, and, and I want you to I want to introduce you to Simba for for just a few moments, and then I'll explain why Simba's so upset. Why don't you do it again? I don't see your wood scotch anywhere. Stick your hand up there, Danny, and see. What I don't see your wood scotch. Did you take it inside? Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. Whoa! He was trying to get that head, bro. Yeah, he was. <laughs> you want these slid up under? Watch Pastor Danny's timidness. Watch that hand. He's trying to get that hand All right, um, they spend a few more moments trying to secure the cage just a little bit. Um, that's Simba, and that was Simba's last time he's ever welcome at this church. Um, you see, uh, there's a reason that Simba was, was so upset. 
Um, you see, the first time somebody ever came here, I preached a message called uh, Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my, hey, y'all know that one. <laughs> um, and right over here on this side of the stage, we had a grizzly bear. It was a cub. And then right here in the middle was a, a tiger. And then over here was a, a young cub named Simba, a lion. And we preached a message, dozens came to Christ, and Simba was so much fun to play with. I mean, Simba was, I mean, you, Simba was just awesome. And, and I, I enjoyed playing with the lion. I mean, it was cool. Well, the next time that, that I, I needed a lion, I said, let's bring Simba back. And we celebrated. Simba's returning to church. And people packed the place out. And we had a great time. And Simba came back. And, and it was awesome. And it, it was really, really cool. And, and, and Simba was a, was a young adult male at this time. And, and Simba was, you know, still liked people to scratch him places and things like that. I mean, Simba was really, really cool. And, and, and so we brought Simba back for the third time in the final time. And they set Simba down on the stage, and Simba sat down right here. And I, I thought, you know, I've, I've been playing with Simba his whole life. So I reached my hand into that cage to play with Simba. Note to self, never do that again. Because when I touched right behind Simba's ears to do what I had done before, point to take, sometimes what you've done before is going to get you this time. I reached in, started that thing that when he was a cub made him go purr almost. Simba, before I knew it, spun. I mean, it was like lightning. He spun and and something in me, I I don't know how I got it out fast enough, but made me jerk my hand back so fast that I could just feel as he barely missed taking my hand with those teeth. It blew my mind how the other people responded, but... At that moment, my heart was in my throat. I can say I was a victim of a lion attack for a moment. Um, I do remember a few things. I remember thinking this, all right? Number one, I remember thinking this is happening way too fast for me to try to run. If he wants me, he's got me. It's happening too fast. The second thing I remember thinking as he crashed into the bars was, thank you, God, for the bars. Could you, could you look at somebody and say, thank God for the bars? Could you do that? Thank you, God, for the bars. I was thrilled. Those bars were a blessing in me. So, why did he change? What inside of Simba went from being that cute little cub to that young adult male to that, to that, 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 that monster that I don't ever want to get close to again? What changed? What changed was he grew into a place to where he was going to establish his dominance. He was going to assert his authority. And he was going to show me in his roar that happened when he lunged at that, the, 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 the sound that he made was to show me, big boy, you're not the boss. I'm the boss. He wanted me to get who was in control. 
Now, when a lion starts roaring and showing its dominance, when a lion starts exerting its dominance, naturalists tell us there's, unless they just get uh, uh, tired or feel that they have truly established their dominance, the only thing that can cause a roaring lion to back down from its show of dominance, watch this, the only thing that will silence a lion's roar is the roar of a more powerful lion. The only thing that will stop that lion from showing I am the boss is the roar of a more powerful lion or there might even have to be a fight between the lions to establish that dominance. Now here's what I want you to get from our passage tonight. Peter tells us that Satan is like a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion, and note, he is looking for whom he can devour. In case you don't understand that, the enemy wants to destroy you. Can I get an amen? The enemy wants to entice you and make you feel like you can handle him and make you feel like he embraces you and he wants you to let down your guard. But one time when you go back again, instead of you handling it, it will destroy you. Can I get an amen for that? But here's what I want you to understand about the enemy and the, the, the power of the lion, the enemy, there is a blessing in that. And I want to declare the same thing over the enemy that I declared over Simba. Thank God for the bars. Now, wait a minute. You're not, you're not where I am yet. Thank God for the bars. For you see, the enemy's attack can be so swift that it leaves your head spinning with nowhere to go. The enemy's attack can happen so quickly, and I don't mean to expose any sin tonight that's not exposed, but I want you to get this. The enemy's attack can happen when you go to do the sin you've been doing for far too long. When you preach a sermon, it's like gold mining. When you find a vein, you need to stay there for a moment. You see, what happens is this. We, we get free or God blesses us and we, we start, we start walking in freedom. And then before long, we let down our guard a little bit and we keep going back and we keep going back and, and we've been messing around with whatever that we've been messing around with for so long that we've let down our guard completely and we're not even concerned about that sin anymore because, oh, he'll forgive me. And before long, you better watch out. You're going to reach in and you're going to grab hold of whatever that is and it's going to turn on you so fast your head's going to spin. But how many of you can say thank God for the bars? (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you, the bars are the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? The bars are the blood of Jesus. You see, on that day, it was a set of metal bars that saved my life. But I don't know how many times the enemy has thought he was going to take me out and thought he was going to assassinate me all because I was giving him a little bit of room I should not have been giving him. But when he launches his attack, even when I'm not faithful, the blood of Jesus resists the enemy. And I thank God for the bars of the blood of Jesus Christ. So that when the enemy launches his attack, we understand Satan may roar, but he cannot cross the blood. He cannot cross where the blood has been applied. And we need the blood of Jesus Christ covering our lives. Amen.
You see, the enemy can leave us disoriented. Everything happens so fast, but I want you to notice something else. I want you to realize tonight you're not in the cage. You are not the one who's caged up. The enemy is the one who's in the cage. You are the one who is free. Thank God for the bars of the blood of Jesus Christ. They do not lock us up. They go before us and keep the enemy at bay. The enemy who's assaulted you. I can't wait to give you the rest of this message, and I'm getting a little bit ahead. But the enemy that has assaulted you cannot, listen to me carefully, cannot cross the blood. But what you have to realize is you're not the one huddled in some cage just trying to figure out how to live. No, the enemy has been caged by the blood. And if the enemy's the one caged, why do we live our lives like we're the one in the cage and the enemy is the one who is free? You see, Simba roared and he reached out and he couldn't get me. And this is where the gross part started. How many of you were here that day? How many remember that day? So it won't be news to you. Since Simba couldn't eat me, Simba decided he would urinate on me. Have you ever seen how far a lion can do that? <laughs> that lion was right here. He went over a curtain and destroyed a keyboard. If I was preaching on this side, he turned to me and I had to run to this side. I know this sounds funny, but there's spiritual significance here. You see, he was trying to do everything he could to establish his dominance over me. Since, see, that's how they marked their territory. He was saying, you didn't run from my roar. These bars are preventing me. I will do whatever I can to establish my dominance in your life. He said, I can't get out of this cage, so I've got to work up another strategy to show you I'm dominant. I've got to do something else. So old Simba thought he was going to, he was going to, uh, 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 went all over me. But thank God for those bars. You see, the enemy is the one in the cage. He wants to assert his dominance in your life. Why does the, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost in one of us. Why does the enemy get mad when you start moving forward for Jesus? Why does all hell break loose on you when you start getting free? Because the enemy wants to reassert his dominance and he's had control of your life. He's the God of this world. And when you come under the blood, he loses his dominance in your life and the blood becomes the bars that keep him out. Am I making sense tonight? And the blood is established. And so the enemy is hitting the bars. He's hitting the bars. And he can't come through. So <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about him urinating all over you. But he'll vomit all over you. He'll start hurling out who you used to be. He'll start accusing you. He'll call you every vile name that you ever thought of yourself about yourself. He'll tell you how dirty you are, how worthless you are, how much God couldn't love anybody like you. Why? Because he can't get through the blood and he's trying to exert his dominance over to you by those insults. He's trying to cover you in something that will show you're still his. Thank God for the bars of blood. 
Thank God for Jesus. Come on now. Thank God for Jesus. And the enemy's beginning that assault. He's accusing you. He's lying to you. He's roaring at you, trying to reach you from across the blood. But there's safety in the blood. Pastor Don, this sounds like an old-fashioned sermon, preaching about the blood of Jesus. Well, it's old-fashioned sin that's been guilty since the beginning of the world, so we need a gospel that's lasted the time, and the gospel says the blood will make you whole. Amen. What happens when the enemy starts roaring? My goodness. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4. You need to remember this. You need to remember 1 John 4 and 4. It says, but you belong to God. The enemy's roaring. He's telling you. Somebody call me out of sin. I don't want to. Just call me out, call me out of sin. What's the sin? Lying. All right. He's hollering at you. Come here, Pete. Come here. Come here. Come here. Can you help me? This stand somewhere right in this right here. The enemy wants to pull you back into your sin. The enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to rip you to shreds. Somebody goes, oh, the enemy, he's just a roaring lion. No, he's looking for whom he may devour. He's trying his best to get to you. There's a bar of blood that blocks the path. So what does he do? Am I making sense to anybody tonight? If it's making sense, can you give God some praise for just a moment? So what does he do? Now, I'm not saying you have this problem in your life, but this is the one they called out, so we're going to act like this is one in your life. He's sitting over here going, you're a liar. I know what you told them was wrong. Remember when you lied back in, and remember when you lied back there, and remember, don't you remember the lies? Don't you remember what you did? And, and, and why is he roaring about your past failures? He's roaring about your past failures because he no longer can dominate you and make you lie. He can no longer be the influence in your life that invites you to sin because you've got another influence in your life called the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to overcome. So he's roaring on this side of the bars. Am I making sense? He's roaring, calling you a liar, calling you a liar. But remember what the Word says. You need to start, instead of saying, well, I, I know I'm this and I know I'm that, you've got to begin to declare, but you don't understand, I am a child of God. Every time the enemy roars on this side of the bar, you need to start roaring on what? What is the only thing that can cause a roaring lion to back down and stop exerting his dominance? The roar of a louder, stronger lion. Are you with me? You see... Some of you are going, but you don't understand. I, I might be a lion, but I'm just a little baby Christian lion. But what you don't understand is you belong to God, my children. You have already won a victory. You're already victorious by the blood of the Lamb. You're already an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. So what you have to begin to do is begin to roar not your words, but God's words, the mighty lion's words. And you begin to roar. You don't understand, devil. I was a liar, but now I'm a blood-bought child of the living God. Amen. Am I making sense? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, the enemy is behind the bars of the blood. You've already won. 
Why? Because the spirit who lives inside of you is greater than he that is behind the bars. Start thinking about it that way. It's greater than he that's behind the bars. You see, the real problem is that we forget that the only thing that can quiet down a roaring lion is the greater lion. We forget about Revelations chapter 5, verse number 5. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop your weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has done what? He has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, just in case you don't understand, the enemy in your past may be roaring loud, but the victor in your future roars louder because he's already won the victory. So when the enemy calls you back, God's over here calling you forward. Come on to life. Come on to victory. Come on to deliverance. Come on to what I created you for in the first place. Does anybody understand? Understand what I'm preaching about tonight, amen. You see, what you have to do is open up your ears so you can hear the sound of the stronger lion's roar. When the lion of Judah came out of the tomb, he came forth with a roar of dominance. He didn't just defeat death, but he asserted his authority over death, hell, and the grave. He came out with a cry of victory, and now we walk in that victory. You see, it's time for you to begin to allow the lion to roar in your life. You've allowed the enemy to roar for too long. Maybe I should have went and preached this to the youth group tonight. I don't know. This might not be for this room. Did I miss God or is this maybe for this room? Uh, the enemy's roared at me today. Try preaching about victory when you don't feel like you're walking in complete victory always in your life. But I have to stand there many times and say, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am washed in the blood. Come on now, are you with me? I am an overcomer by not my might, not my power, but by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. It's by the Spirit of the Lord that's within me. Come on now. you got to let the lion roar inside of you. You've been allowing this one to tell you you're worthless far too long. Matter of fact, he's been roaring to somebody saying, you'll never be free, you'll never be free, you'll never be free. Whew. He's roaring to somebody saying, you got them all faked out. They don't know how, what you really got going on in your life. And you got Jesus calling, saying, cast your cares upon me. Give it all to me and watch me make you whole. Watch me deliver you. You will be free. You see, if you will open up your ears, you can hear the sound of the stronger lion. You see, it's okay to, to begin to understand how he roars in your life. Here, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, it bl blows my mind how many people think they can hide something from God. Folks, the Scripture makes it plain. And even Pastor Rick, I think, talked about this weekend. God knows the... the hair, uh, no, actually, Patty preached it last night in, in Bible school. God knows the number of hairs on your head. Can I get an Amen. Some of you, that don't seem like that big a deal. But for some of us, you're going, God, you must keep a running total up there. Come on, amen. Because it's changing all the time. There's nothing about you that God doesn't know. 
You have not gone somewhere that God has not seen you. You have not committed an act that God has not seen. And yet He still loves you. He saw it all. He knows it all. And He's still able to deliver you. But here's the thing. People tell me, I I don't know if I can talk to God about this. You need to learn to talk to God about your problems. But a lot of us are professional problem talkers. Let me tell you why you're a professional problem talker. You'll tell everybody what you did wrong. I meet some people. Now, let me just tell you, I've met some people who've told me some pretty rough things. I bet you there's few people in this room that have told me some of the, some of the things some people have told me. I, I've had some rough things. But I've seen the love of Jesus change their lives. But I've also met some people, they just start in. I just met them and they're like, you know, I, I used to do this, this, and this. And I go, well, yeah. I mean, you don't even know me and you're telling me. You tell your problems that people meet you on the streets. You tell, you say, Pastor Don, the word says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. No, you're just wanting to brag about what you did. Did I just say that out loud? You see, because your street cred is important to you. What Jesus wants you to do is stop being worried about your street cred down here and start being worried about the cred that you're going to have on the streets of gold. Now come on now, watch this. You need to start talking to God about your problem and then you need to start talking to other people not about your problem but about what God did with a man who didn't deserve to have anything done with him. What God did with a woman that everybody else had given up on. How he wrote in the sand and said you were the first uh, sin, cast the first stone. How he gave you life and looked at you and said now you're forgiven, you're made whole, go your way and sin no more. Start talking about the God who delivered you because you took your problems to him instead of everybody else. But here's, listen to this, I didn't even mean to get off and that was free, that wasn't in my message. But I want you to get this. You see, a lot of us talk about our problems to each other and we talk to our problems even to God. We whine about our problems. We, we can't even pray about anything else because all we can talk about is our problems. But the problem is our problem doesn't have a problem yet. But listen, your problem doesn't have a problem. Look at somebody and say that your problem doesn't have a problem. You see, all that's happening is your problem's roaring. Your problem's over here going, this ain't getting no better. Your problem's over there going, I'm here to stay. Your problem's over there going, you, you ain't getting rid of me. Your problem's over there roaring. You see, you'll go talk to God. God, I can't get rid of it. God, I can't figure it out. But here's the problem. Your problem doesn't have a problem because you've been too busy talking about your problem to God. It's time for you to start talking to your problem about your lion, about your God. You need to start telling your problem you don't understand. You're not here to stay because I'm not who I was. I'm a new creation in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm washed whole. I'm made new. I'm different. I'm free. And I I will walk in what Christ has given to me. So instead of sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, we need to stand up. Can I say this? Put on your big boy pants and step out in the word of God and start declaring who your God is to a world of problems. Devil, you done messed up. You done walked into a house that believes the word of God. My God is my healer, my deliverer, my savior, and he is going to let me walk free. And when you begin to tell the enemy what you're doing is allowing the lion of the tribe of Judah through the word to roar through you. 
And what causes a roaring lion to be quietened? A stronger lion. And God wants to make you stronger through the Word. And I feel this tonight. I guess you couldn't tell I felt it. Being a little passive tonight. It's time for you to let His roar come roaring goodness into your life. It's time for Him to roar peace into your life. It's time for Him to roar His promises into your life. It's time for you to begin to proclaim the victory that He's already brought to you into your life. You see, most of us are waiting for the victory that is already ours to take. We just haven't claimed it yet. You see, I didn't intend to set that line off that day. It was not my, that was not how I saw that moment going. All right? I saw him sort of like the Christian the Lion video. How many of you ever seen the Christian the Lion video? They raise the lion in captivity. They go set him free. They haven't seen him for like a decade. They walk back out on the road and they see Christian coming at them. I should have got that clip for you, I guess. Christian's coming at them. And as, they, as that lion's coming at them, what, is, what happens? You're thinking, he, they're dead. They're dead. And that lion leaps and throws his arms around them and starts loving on them. I thought Simba would remember me. I thought Simba would be like, that's that guy who always gets me out of the zoo, you know what I'm saying? And, and gives me the field trip. It did not. Come on now. How many of you can say your sin did not play out like you thought it would? You see, many times we all have an image and we just want things to go calm in our lives. But we have to understand that God doesn't want calm in our lives. God wants victory in our lives. And sometimes kings go to war. I want you to get that. Sometimes kings have to go to war. And sometimes you've got to pick a fight. You see, kings go to war when an enemy is trying to claim dominance over something that's under their reign. So the king says, you've invaded my territory. You've invaded what's mine. So I have to go to war. You picked a fight with me. You see, most of us live our spiritual lives just trying to hold on, but the enemy sets up camp in territory that does not belong to him. As a matter of fact, the enemy sets up camp in territory that doesn't really belong to us because we gave it to Jesus. And we have to make up our minds, are we going to allow the enemy to have a place in our lives or are we going to allow the victory of Christ that's been given to us to reassert its position over everything we've given to Christ? Wait a minute, Pastor Don. You're trying to say that, that, that I can be a Christian and still have strongholds of the devil in my life. Yes, you can. If you're having wrong thoughts, wrong deeds, and wrong actions, the Bible says you're giving a place to the enemy, a foothold to the enemy in your life. And you will not get free until you reassert the dominance of the king over that area of your life. What you have to understand is God's not happy with somebody camping in his yard. That was not in my notes, but that's good. 
God's not happy with somebody squatting on his property. It's God's. He paid for it with the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you bowed your head and said, God, I give you my all, he took it all. And sometimes you're going to have to fight the lion that's come to destroy you. If the enemy has taken your peace, it's time to fight. If the enemy has taken your joy, it's time for you to go pick a fight and say, I'm getting my property back because it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. You see, if you're willing to fight for it, you might have a chance. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, the truth is, God is your chance and God will fight for you. Now here's what I want you to realize, what I learned about my encounter with the lion. There were several of you with me at that moment. There were several men who have said to me, Pastor, you brought deliverance into my, my life. I, I want you, I've heard this more than once. I, I'd take a bullet for you, Pastor. Well, thank you. One man actually came up to me and he said, Pastor, you, you brought me the gospel. And he said, I don't know what I can do for you. He said, but if anybody ever bothers you, I, I'll cut them for you, Pastor. I said, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I want you to know I've only thought about using him one time. Come on, amen. But all these people like, Pastor, we got you back. We love you. We love you, Pastor. I want you to know right here on this stage, right here, I learned how big a liars they were. That lion spun and roared and hit that. I mean, I'm there, we're talking. I mean, we're, we're breathing on each other. Well, I leaned in to pet him. And boom, they ran and screamed like little girls. I didn't run. I, I, if it wasn't for the bars, I'd been dead. I froze. I froze. I'd like to tell you I looked that line right in the eyes and said, I'm not going anywhere. The truth is, I was scared out of my mind and all I could do was stand. Well, there's truth there. You see, I learned you don't really know how you'll respond when you fight a lion. You don't know what you're going to do. But here's what I do know, that freezing is better than fleeing. Listen to me. You see, naturalists and hunters and different people alike teach us that when you stand up to that animal, it makes you look like a foe. But when you flee, it makes you look like a feast. Are you with me? If you run... When the enemy has encroached on your territory, you're going to run from one marriage to another and they're not going to be better. You're going to run from one job to another and they're not going to be better. You're going to run from one church to another and it's not going to be any better. So instead of just fleeing, what you need to do is do what the Word says. When you've done everything you know how to do, you need to stand. You need to freeze yourself in place and say, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. You can roar all you want, but the blood blocks you. The blood keeps you where you are. I have claimed forgiveness and victory by the power of Jesus Christ and I'm not giving up. Maybe that's just me, but that instead of running, your backbone needs to arise and you need to know when the enemy roars, stand your ground and watch the lion roar greater for you.
I'll tell you what, I'll close with this tonight. The victory that you are after, the future that you have asked for, it all lies just around the corner called faith. Faith that you'll only find when you stand your ground and know that it's the blood of Jesus that will protect you. It's the blood of Jesus that will keep you. I don't know who I'm talking to now. I, I, this is not in this, this what I'd written here. But somebody needs to understand, not only does the blood keep the enemy out, but if you'll keep the enemy out through the blood, you won't end up going some of the places that you want to go because you don't want to take the blood there. In the old church, they called it trampling the blood. Which meant, I disrespect what Jesus has done for me by going back to what He's already forgiven me for. If you'd honor the blood that protects you, it'll protect you in another way too. Can I get an amen for that? You see, the lion roars to cause you to fear, but God has given us the bars of blood, the bars of grace. One lion roars to cause you to fear, but the lion of our faith roars to cause us to stand strong. Now look, you may not have ever seen this, but I think many of you will. You know, having young ones in the house, I've watched many times in the last few years, uh, C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. A few scenes in that movie I, I hate to see. I, I, I don't like to see when they, when they take Aslan and they shear him and he, he's, he's sacrificed. We know it's symbolic of Christ. I love to see, though, when the stone table is broken and he rises. But my favorite scene, my favorite scene is at the end when the witch is convinced that the young king is down for the count. And she raises it, her, her, it's a scepter spear to stab that young king. All you see is Aslan take one jump and suddenly she is no more. The lion had delivered the king. You are not worthless. You are not the lost reprobate that sin tells you and roars at you that you are. The Bible says you have the blood of Jesus and you are kings and priests. You are the children of the Most High God. And if the enemy has knocked you down, if the enemy has brought old things back into your life and tried to, try, just it's, it's all over you and the enemy stands above you, I tell you, call upon the one who's already won the victory because he will deliver you as well. For the lion has already won the victory and he gave it to us. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.